clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught. Caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown catch. Here he goes. He'll be chased and he is caught. 97 yards. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Says a prayer. Welcome into Simultaneous Catch. I am Adam Jeffrey Rossi. And I'm Josh Lapping. Super excited to be back with you folks. It's been a fun offseason. A lot of things have happened. A lot of trades. A lot of... You seem super excited. You know, I... For those of you not watching... (laughs) (laughs) Which is everybody. Nobody's watching. Uh, We're on the couch today. We're being nice and chill and relaxed. And it just put put me in that NPR vibe where I'm like... You're not even doing your NPR voice. <clears throat> Thank you for listening to Simultaneous Cash. Today there it is. is March 31st, 2021. Less than a month until the NFL draft, which is super I'm very, exciting. very, very excited for the NFL draft. Obviously, we'll be covering it like we have for the last three years now. It's pretty crazy. It's, I, I, it's a lot of fun. I'm very happy. I always like our coverage. We actually got... A lot of people last draft, so we'll see what we get this draft. Certainly one of my favorite days of the year, so I'm very much looking forward to it. Yeah, welcome into the show, everybody. Uh, so we've got a lot to talk about. We got some trades that have happened during the off season, some trades that happened before the off season even really started that were finalized and happened in actuality that we'll discuss a little bit. A lot of free agent moves, a lot of big name free agents still on the market. For us to talk about as well and then we'll give a little preview of some of our favorite draft prospects as likely our next episode will be our mock draft episode um yeah but let's let's dig into the first topic and let's just we don't want to spend too much time on this because i think that it would behoove us to not speculate on a situation like this when we don't know all of the details but deshaun watson the quarterback for the Houston Texans currently under contract with them is now, I believe 20 allegations of sexual misconduct. Yeah, there is 21 varying from small. He tried to do something to, I think one of them uh, accused him of actually raping her. Like there's a lot, there's a lot to take in here. Uh, And we don't want to spend a ton of time on this. We don't want to belabor the point. Uh, Like I said, I don't think it's right for people to continue to speculate about it. There are just a couple of things that I wanted to say, and then you can say what you'd like. But for one, I would like to say, uh, we mentioned this in our last episode, and I really want to make sure that when I was talking about it, I wasn't being dismissive. This is a very, very uh, important and delicate situation, of course. Uh, Both people's stories deserve to be told. Uh, The people who are... The accusers and Deshaun himself, uh, Deshaun hasn't really said anything other than the initial claims he said did not happen. Uh, but other than that, there hasn't really been much said. I do want to say, although, you know, there are 21 accusations you said, you know, when when there's that many, it's really hard to yeah, not believe that. Where at there's least, smoke, there's fire. Exactly. Kind of so you, you, we'll see how this unfolds. We'll see what happens. Uh I was saying earlier, it really just shows how much we truly don't know these people. We think that we do because we watch them every week. Uh, We watch them at press conferences. We see them on social media. We think we know these athletes. And we talked about there never being anything in terms of character concerns with Deshaun Watson. And then all this happens. So 
uh, we'll see what happens. I did also mention there was a woman who came out who spoke about an incident in 2019 with Deshaun and didn't file any sort of lawsuits or anything like that. She just said, I hope that you get help because clearly there you have some issues that that you are struggling with. And I I thought actually that was the most damning claim. I don't want to rank claims. That's not what I'm trying to do. But, you know, somebody coming out and just saying that, like, you have a problem and you need to get help. Uh, sometimes is more poignant than the people, you know, who try to get settlements or anything like that. So I, I don't want to talk too much about it because I don't want to say anything. Uh, it's a very delicate subject for sure. And I think it, it needs to be taken as seriously as humanly possible and more obviously follow it along as we go. But not a great situation for Deshaun or for the uh, women that matter that have accused him. Yeah, I mean, it certainly is a uh, ticky-tacky sort of situation. We don't exactly know. Obviously, these sorts of things come down to the allegations that are made, whether or not they're true or not. I think what you what you were alluding to about the woman who wasn't necessarily asking for money is some people just claim that these are money grabs or like this is right. a ploy by the Houston Texans with the lawyer being a close friend with McNair. So I, I see what you're saying there. I will say there has been a... New story that came out today. It's from Fox Sports. So your opinion on Fox, I don't know. Uh, but regardless, there are women physical therapists that are coming out in support of Deshaun Watson saying that in their work with them that there's never been any kind of misconduct or anything like that. So that's now that's not to sure. necessarily discredit the other claims, No, not at all. Not at all. But there are obviously multiple layers to stories like this. So Yeah, without a doubt. I just wanted to uh, say that, and and beyond that, it's just showing that, you know, two months ago, before the Super Bowl and the playoffs, immediately after the Super Bowl, before all this happened, Sean Watson was the talk of the town, and that's really quieted because of this, so we certainly will have to see how this all resolves itself, if it does in the near future, if you play football this year, maybe this holdout will continue, and we'll have to have these things pushed in, and they're going to be kind of simultaneously linked together we'll have to yeah. see so right now we just don't and know. and we won't sit here i i really really don't want to be those people that sit here and talk about trade value or anything like that when this is such a serious situation i don't want to tr- talk really about I mean, that at all i mean even and beyond that i don't even as i say it's certainly part of it but i i've heard people actually you know they mention it and the first thing they do is say oh can you get him for cheaper now i just i don't want to be that person i don't want to be that that podcast that does that uh but it's it's certainly everything involving Deshaun is being affected right now, personally and professionally, as it does when this thing happens, no matter what your profession or personal lives are. So we won't, we won't linger on that much longer. Uh, if you're, if you've said what, what you'd like to say, I said, what we yeah, talk. no, I, I am good to move on. I just thought, uh, yeah. you know, we hinted at it last, right. We did last and I, episode. And I like, wanted to make sure everybody knew that. Cause I felt uh, after we recorded the episode, I, I was worried that I sounded dismissive, especially when I brought up, the certain things that were said and reported about it. I didn't, I just, I didn't want anybody to think that I was doing that. I, this is a very serious situation and you know, we'll see how it unfolds. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, get to some trades though. There were a lot of trades this off season. Uh, Josh has got uh, most of them written down. So yeah. Yeah. So um, just a couple of days ago, we're recording on March 31st. I don't remember if you said that during the warm up, so that was the actual thing. I think it was during the NPR joke. But uh, so last Friday, the NFL draft upper half kind of got flipped on its head a little bit. The Miami Dolphins traded from the third overall pick with the San Francisco 49ers back to the 12th pick. About 15 minutes later, they traded back up to the sixth pick with the Philadelphia Eagles. So there's picks flying all over the place. I can get more into that in a few minutes. But basically, so the 49ers went up to three, the Dolphins are now at six, and the Philadelphia Eagles are at 12. Now there's a lot of stuff down the down the road that I can highlight here in a little bit, but right, uh, that right. is what it's looking the first round as of right now. So that is just attached to a, a plethora of stories that are going on here. Right, absolutely. Obviously, Kyle Shanahan of the 49ers basically came out and said, "We're doing this for a quarterback," I, which I, isn't exactly like mind breaking. We all kind of knew but it. That, but that but that press conference make... was like one of the most honest press conferences I've ever well, seen. I mean, it just be. Can you imagine Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch doing a great job since they've they've come in 
to the 49er organization together. Absolutely they have. But can you imagine if they made the move and then took like an offensive tackle or something and then like lost games? Like I'm pretty sure that that's a ticket out. They'd right be there. fired. Yeah. So fired. obviously they're going for a quarterback. Um, right now we don't really know what the draft layout is going to look like because a lot of it hinges on New York at two. And a lot of people are saying Zach Wilson's locked into that two spot. I will I know say you're not exactly sold on that, but I, I just, I'll say this. I, when so many, very rarely does the majority of the media say one thing's going to happen and then that thing not happen. You know, I think for the most part, when the media says, look, this is the player, this is what it's going to be. I think for the most part, that means it's what it's going to be. You know what I mean? Uh, now, Adam Schefter has said that two is going to be Zach Wilson, whether it's the Jets or somebody else. But 90% of people that I, when I watch on, whether it's ESPN or the Ringer Podcast Network or the NFL Network, all of them are saying Zach Wilson is going to be taken by the Jets at two. So we'll see what happens. But I, it's very rare, in my opinion. I don't can't recall a time where it was like, this is the guy it's going to be, and then it wasn't that guy. I mean, it's actually interesting because I think the last time that did happen was Sam Donald at one when we all thought he was going to Cleveland and well, they took so Baker. Do we – I honestly can't fully remember that night because I was – I remember that was the – because that's that Josh Allen draft – that was the, you were texting me the picks because I was at rehearsal I, at the time, and I don't remember that being like, oh, this is this guy. I remember there was like at one time point I thought we thought it was going to be Allen at one. So like I, I I remember I do remember Baker being a shock. I do remember that, but I I don't remember it ever being like uh, knowing it was going to be a guy the whole time. I well, I don't think you can ever. I mean. Trevor Lawrence, you you know he's the guy, right, right, but right. a lot of people had Sam Darnold as the consensus okay. number one in yeah. that draft class. So my I do remember got that. Taken, yeah, was the shock. Excuse me, but regardless, I, I hear what you're saying. I kind of want to break down kind of all of these scenarios and the people they're affecting here for a yeah. couple of minutes. So, <clears throat> but beyond that, I can't. I can't really. I mean, you're right. A lot of times when we think something's going to happen, it it really does happen. Very rarely are we like, oh my gosh, I didn't see that coming. Right, like, that's shocking. for sure. So let's talk about the 49ers going up to three. Yeah. So I want to dive into what you think they're thinking because let's say that Lawrence goes one. That's probably the slam dunk. Even Urban Meyer pretty much said that's what's going to happen without legally saying it's going to happen. Right. Zach Wilson at two, whether it's at the Jets or somebody else, which is something I haven't really thought about. I think that's really, really fascinating. So that leaves the quarterbacks, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones, even though I know you're really opposed to that, but it's being talked about going to the it 49ers. Is, it is being talked so let's about. Let's talk about who we think is going to go there. And then do we really believe all of the all of the stories coming out of 49ers camp right now that Jimmy's staying for a year, he's their guy, he's not being traded? This – this I'm goes, really curious about This that. goes back to the press conference that I just jokingly mentioned is the most honest press conference I've ever heard because I think it was yesterday. I mean, Kyle Shanahan was so genuine where he's like, you know, like, we made a move for, for this. And he was like, right now, he, he I don't know the exact quote. He said, it's going to be really hard for us to find another guy that we think gives us a better chance to win right now than Jimmy Garoppolo. And then he said... Now, if we have somebody who is, we're going to go with them. And he said, and if we get offered something that's going to help our team better than having Jimmy on the team, like obviously you take that into consideration and you consider making that move. He said, but right now that's not on the table. So I, it was very, he was very honest saying that like Jimmy's our guy right now. He gives us the best chance to win. And he even said, he was like, I can't even imagine whoever we took would be ready to give us a better chance to win. So, like, he was really honest Where in a way that, like, coaches just really aren't in the NFL anymore. And I like Jimmy G. I obviously, like, I think his record's 24-8 and eight overall. Uh, the, the issue there, obviously, is that he's only played 32 games. So it, it's tough, you know, when you've been in the league for about six seasons now and you only played 32 games. That's hard. But, yeah, I mean... I obviously don't love Mac Jones, and I will say this: I got I've I've done my top fives at every position except for quarterback right now. I, I'm only I just finished watching stuff for Lawrence and Wilson because right now a lot of people are saying they're the top two, and I just started watching some fields, so I haven't watched Mac Jones a lot yet. But I am not on the Mac Jones trade right now. Like I just think he's being so overhyped. But again, we'll see how it goes. A lot of people are saying Mac Wilson for. 
that offense. And to me, that's like Mac Jones. Yeah, Mac Jones is not what I said. You said Mac Wilson, and we're like Mac Wilson. Yeah, we're combining. If you combine Mac Jones and Zach Wilson, give him to me. (laughs) Uh, No, I. A lot of people are saying Mac Jones, and to me, that's just a lateral movement from Jimmy Garoppolo. But I could be wrong. You know, I. It's it's very complicated. So, and that's why I think it's so fascinating to talk about because I'm fairly certain we don't see Jimmy G in San Fran next year. I, I'm I'm just I don't feel it. I think this is smokescreen. I don't think you make a move like this because this wasn't they gave up nine picks or they moved up nine picks and and gave up a, a third and things like that do happen. I remember the year the Dolphins drafted Deion Jones. They moved up to three with then the then Oakland Raiders and they gave up like a third round pick to do it. Like this is purely. Deion Jordan. Deion Jordan, excuse me. I, yes. I was just wanted to. Yeah, I didn't no, no, know no. Yeah, thank about. you for that. So it, you know, it does happen where it you does. don't get a haul, and this is yeah. because of the quarterback right. that they're pursuing. No, that's, it, you're, that's a great that's point. That's what it is. That's a great point. And I don't think they they mortgaged their first round picks until they won't have another one until 2024, which will be sooner than LA does. So, well, you know, probably <laughs> or Seattle for that fact. Who knows? They only have three picks this year. That's crazy to me. But I just don't know if you if you make that kind of move and be like, well, we still have this other guy. Like we. Don't. I mean, obviously, a lot of people are likening it to the Kansas City Chiefs a couple years ago with Mahomes, where they did give up a future first and a future second and a third, I think, to move from twenty seven to ten with Buffalo to take Mahomes and then still sat him for a year. Uh, so we'll see where it is with that. The my issue with it is he doesn't really have a spot right now. I think, you know, everyone, the, the Every, popular thing is New England. Everybody's linking New England, but I don't know why you would re-sign Cam Newton for $14 million plus incentives if, like, I get I get that they just want, they needed a quarterback in the room, but, like, it seems to me like they're content to do that. I think they could be, but also, I think, I, I do want to come back. I mean, to my, Bilicic my loves final. Garoppolo. There's no argument there. Absolutely He wanted does, to move on but, from Tom also, before Tom won two more Super Bowls. You think about they signed Cam Newton last offseason for the league minimum. They did, yes. So Cam came in. Obviously, it, I, I've not been shy about saying that he didn't perform well. I he mean, he started off comment. very good. He started out really well. Yes. But by the end of the year, he said, there aren't 32 people better than me. I completely disagree. I thought there I think was, we thought about that. I think there certainly were. But I think he earned respect in that building where even... People like him in that building a lot. I don't... And so, obviously, going into this offseason, you don't know if you're going to be able to get a Jimmy Garoppolo. It's true. But it's I think true. they're also showing Cam Newton a sign of respect by just giving him something that he's worth. And that's yeah. $14 million. That's That's not breaking the bank. That's not resetting the market of quarterbacks. But that's yeah. giving a former MVP a very handsome contract that he, he rightfully deserves. Yeah. Regardless, going back to Jimmy G and, and the Mac Jones thing, I, I see what you're saying. So I think it, it it's just so confusing. I feel like I could talk about it forever because it's just a gigantic moving circle. If you're looking for the guy, if Jimmy G is your guy for this year, you're looking for the guy that can't play right now. I shouldn't say can't, but probably won't. A Fields, a Lance, because they're going to be groomed into it. Mac Jones is the guy that can come in right now. He doesn't have the ceiling, but if you think about it, the 49ers have been so good. Jimmy G took them to the Super Bowl. The only time they've collapsed is when he hasn't been healthy. That's the thing. I mean, so if you're talking won, about they would have won if he if you're talking about a, a little lateral bit off of the move, Emmanuel Sanders. If you're talking about a lateral move, that's maybe not the worst thing. So here's this is what I find so fascinating about this is that everybody says Mac Jones ready right now. Oh, okay, Mac Jones only started one year. So why? What I want to know is why is there this perception that Mac Jones is the ready to go when Fields has started more games than Mac Jones, Trey Lance has started more games than Mac Jones, and Zach Wilson is like the, like Mac Jones is the the fifth least amount, uh, fourth or fifth least amount of of experience. I I don't like I'm not and I'm again I'm not saying that he's not you know more of the. It's hard. It's hard to even see the NFL is changing so much. It's hard to even say the prototypical quarterback because it's changing so much. You know what I mean? Uh, years ago, even a guy like five, ten years ago, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen wouldn't have been considered prototypical quarterbacks, even though they're big, strong guys with strong arms. So obviously, the NFL is changing, but like the type of quarterback that 
Shanahan has done his best work with, like the Matt, like the Matt Ryan, the Kirk Cousins. They, like obviously Jimmy Garoppolo, Mac Jones fits that mold a little bit more uh, than the other guys. But I don't understand why there's there's this perception where like Zach Wilson and um, excuse me Trey Lance both had more productive careers and they played with vastly less talent than than Alabama did. I mean Alabama was going to – we, we assume that Smith and Waddle are both going to go in the first round and possibly Najee Harris. So you add those three. There were two last year. That's five or six first-round skill position players that Mac Jones would have played with in his time. I, you're, I'm not I'm – not, I, I really don't want to sound like I'm piling on to Mac Jones. I just – I don't understand – A little bit. I don't understand the perception of like he's ready, we're going to plug him in, and we're going to win the division again. You know, honestly, I don't have an answer. I think that the Alabama bias is difficult, but I think that does carry something. I think when you think of Fields or Lance, they're more of the, we're going to improvise a little bit and we Mm -hmm. can make some magic happen, where Mac Jones is a mobile guy, not the same way, but he comes from a pro-ready system. That Alabama, Nick Saban, you know, the probably the best college football coach that there is. Of all time. Well, okay. Is and there really ever? I mean, he's won like seven titles. <laughs> it's disgusting. So when you when you go from that, I think you're thinking, <laughs> at least you're hoping that a quarterback in that system that's had that success, right? No, that's because fair. I mean, there there's the 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 two I hate too. I mean, that was also we had Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs last year that came in the first round. Yep. He also played with Harris. Yeah. Harris was in his backfield. The offensive line. I feel like we can't right. always discredit guys because right. of that. No, you're right. I don't. And again, I don't want to be seen as discrediting. I'm more trying to use it as. I mean, don't a, get a me wrong. My argument, Mac Jones you know? is definitely my fifth ranked quarterback. Okay, we'll see that as I'm, a whole. He's my fifth ranked. Well, then I'm if glad. We start, actually, we're if on the we same page. right now, though, if we're coming in and everyone started day one, yeah. he's my third most ready. Okay, I mean, I I'm not gonna. He doesn't have as high ceiling as Fields or Lance. So you in my think opinion. Field, you saying Fields is more ready than Jones? You said he's your third. Jones is your third. Well, I have Lawrence and Wilson. Oh, you have okay. I have Lawrence Wilson. Okay. If we're talking about readiness, it's I, Jones and Fields, we'll, Lance. We'll, we'll, we could talk about this maybe later when we dig into it on this episode or next week when we do our mock draft. But like Zach Wilson's not even my number two. Like my my quarterback rankings are really like different than a lot of other people's. But I just I think it's a mistake to give up all of that for Mac Jones. That that because and, and he uh, don't get me wrong I'd be shocked if that say, was what he might be better than Jimmy G it, it, it's possible but is is he your next two future first round picks a second and a third better than Jimmy I don't think so I also don't think so I, I think the reason for that though unless they're really trying to secure him is they probably could have gotten Jones at twelve. I don't think they would have felt the Probably. necessity to go I mean, that know, high. A lot of people are it. afraid of Carolina at eight because they said that Carolina loves Jones. So I, I would get that. But even if that were the case, you don't need to go to three for that. You could you could go to I mean Philly obviously was look Philly was obviously ready to deal. <laughs> Regardless, okay. And they ended up at twelve anyway. So that's that's San Francisco. <laughs> So basically, about Jimmy G. Basically, Miami decided that they were just going to be the middleman and pick up a couple extra mid-round picks. You know, I think you know? Miami absolutely crushed. They crushed it, and they're going to get Pitts or Chase. I fully believe it's just one of those two, whichever I, one that they want. I also and I would love either do as well. So let's I'd love either of them. Let's talk. Philly about, fans are pissed. <laughs> I we'll talk about Philly third and last because I think that's where they came in <laughs> in this Friday swapping. Okay, so the Miami Dolphins, they started with a third pick thanks to the Laramie Tunsil trade a couple of years ago with the Houston Texans. They the traded that keeps back on to 12. Right you know, Laramie Tunsil actually had some fun with it. Like, there's the, the, Dan, picture. the Dan Marino statue outside of Hard Rock Stadium, and he, yeah. like, put his picture, like, over it. Oh, that's funny. So, he's yeah. A, that's he's, funny. At least he's having a, a good sport about it. So, they moved back from 12, then back up to 6. Right now, what they netted was the sixth overall pick in this year's draft, along with the 18th and the 36th or 35th, somewhere in there, right. one of the top picks of the third. Right. So none of that changed. But they also got a third round this year This year from the 49ers with the trade to the 12th. Then they got the 49ers pick next year and the following year. They gave their own first round pick next year to the Philadelphia Eagles to move back up. Oh, that's interesting. So they're gonna have the 49ers pick next year. They have year. the 49ers pick. They are banking on them being better than the 49ers next year. 
I would put money on that. And you know, I it can go either way. Obviously, it's a I know, Super Bowl I, I know, caliber I know roster. That, that, I was gonna say that might not be super popular, but I would put money on that. It's just gonna be really fascinating. But I thought it was just it's it's everyone kind of betting on themselves and against each other. Philadelphia yeah. could have said we wanted that pick, but well, they and, wanted the Dolphins pick, thinking that the Dolphins are going to be worse. And we assume, knock on wood, that Carson Wentz plays most of the year, so Philly's just gonna have three first round picks next year. They very well could. <laughs> so, I think with the move. Let's just say six. Who cares about the 12? Because they ended up with six. I think, first of all, that's a huge commitment to Tua Tungavailoa. Yes, I agree. And how do you feel about that? I love Tua Tungavailoa. And we, I mean, we talked about it on the podcast. We both said, and I mean, we, we, I was going to say, we staked our careers on it because we're still <laughs> a, a small podcast. But we both said that we thought Tua would have a better career than Joe Burrow. Now, obviously, that didn't start out as well, although. You know, Tua still played very well. I don't understand why there's just all the Tua hate. He still played very there well. There is a ton of Tua hate. I honestly, <laughs> I, I don't understand. Blows it. my mind. And Dan Orlovsky is one of my favorite analysts. He, he's on Get Up on an ESPN, and he did this whole rant about. He was like, "Tell me the thing that Tua can't do." And then it was like somebody said, "Oh, he can't throw it deep," and he showed like five plays of him just like ripping it and like Jakeem Grant or Mac Collins dropping it. Yeah, and he was like, "Put Jamar Chase in there; he doesn't drop a single one." You know, it just he went through play after play, and it's like Tua does everything well, and even and like we this is a guy who we people were afraid wouldn't play football again after his hip injury. I think that's a really huge point. That obviously, I think like the mainstream media is not talking about it anymore because they talk no. about it. Re- Endlessly oh, last yeah, it was year. every topic. But this time a year ago, 365 days ago, Tua was working on walking again, yeah. <laughs> let alone throwing a football, where this spring he is working working out with teammates, doing drills, working out, gaining weight, not focusing on whether or not he's going to have movement, let alone be able to torque his hip to throw right, a football. Right. And I think that's going to be huge. And I, I mean, if I were the Dolphins, my three picks would be uh, Pitts, whatever best receivers left at 18, and then you take the running back with your first second round pick. If that were me, I'd be like, you know what? Let's, let's freaking go. Uh, that's that. I don't, I don't expect them to do that. I think <laughs> one of those picks will be 18. is going to be a defender. One of the, oh, see, I, I would, I think one of the picks is going to be a lineman, depending on if one of the tackles falls to 18, because they're not going to get Penny Sewell at six. There's no way. There's no way I, the Bengals are at five, right? Yes. If Penny Sewell's on the board there, which I expect, I would be baffled if the Bengals, don't there is a it. ton of rumors going around that they're trying to uh, reunite, Chase with Burrow. I'd, I'd be baffled. I, and I'm not saying I would hate that, but you literally saw what happened. I know that Jonah Williams was hurt last year, and that's a big part of it. But, like, if, if Jonah Williams back healthy, Penn Soul, bookend your tackles. You need to protect your franchise. That's a whole other discussion we, we will have uh, later. But, yeah, I mean, I love what Miami has done for the last three years, and we talked about it two years ago at the beginning of – the Brian Flores, uh, Chris, it's Chris Greer, right? Chris Greer, Greer combo regime for this franchise. And obviously I'm a Bills fan. Like I'm afraid of this team, but like they have so much going for them. And so far they've hit on some picks. Now they have to start hitting on like a high clip of them because if they keep stop piling all these picks and they don't hit any of them, then that's a problem. Right. But I don't know. I just, I think that they position themselves perfectly to be like, we know that one, two and three are going to be a quarterback Four might be a quarterback. I don't, I don't think it's going to, I don't don't think it's going to be Atlanta. I think we're looking at teams like Carolina, possibly new England. There's been some talk about that or maybe even Chicago. That's just so desperate to be like, look guys, it's not going to be Andy Dalton. Um, like whoever might go up to there. So they're like, we're going to get one of the top two guys in this draft that aren't a quarterback, and we feel great about that. And I just think that that's super smart. And Philly fans are pissed. I've been seeing uh, Philly fans in the media are like, we could have had Pitts or Chase because up th- today they had like fantastic pro days. Yeah, both their pro days <laughs> were today. <laughs> and, they, and like, and everybody was like, you guys blew it already. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I, Miami is far and above the winner for me. Yeah, I think just speaking real quickly about those pro days, I mean, I don't know if they're they are tipping their cap either which way. Brian Flores was at Florida with Kyle Pitts. Okay. Chris Greer was at LSU with Jamar Chase. Okay. So they did have two right those two guys right there watching those two guys. Pitts Absolutely. Ran a four 
point forty four forty. He's gonna be star. If he's not a star, I will. No, Chase had the four point thirty four, so he clocked under four forty, which not a lot of people expected. You know, so actually, the the one thing I wanted to talk about though was that Pitts actually had. I don't know if you saw this. He had the longest measured wingspan for a tight end or wide receiver in the last two decades. And that was the other thing is a lot of people kept like, I I don't know when you watch him play sometimes he doesn't look like he's that big, but he's big. (laughs) Yeah, he definitely, I think it's, I mean, he's a six, six guy and I think he's like, 240 and that make he looks really skinny. I think that's because of his height. It doesn't look like he's a big hawking dude. But, you know, when you add that speed with that height, with that wingspan, and I don't even know what he did in the vertical. I was saying earlier, you could put the ball 13 feet in the air and he could catch it. That's crazy. I'll tell you, like, I, I will stake my entire, like, career as a podcaster on Kyle Pitts being a, a star. You know, that's a lot of people are saying. He, I just, I'd he's be the shocked. most likely to be in the Hall of Fame of this when you wa- When you watch Kyle Pitts tape, it's gross. And he, I mean, he had 12 touchdowns last year. I mean, he just he even more dominates than, Even more than that, what I thought was fascinating, because obviously physical specimen, the quote-unquote unicorn, but look what happened when he didn't play in their bowl game. Yeah, like, like Florida just <laughs> fell apart. Did Trask play in the bowl game? I don't even he remember. Did, he did, and that was, yeah. you know, he was the quarterback that threw three interceptions all year and then like got like picked like four times. And obviously that's not all on Kyle Pitts, but just no, how much but, that offense changed. Yeah, yeah, I mean. That's how much he impacts that that game and that team. Regardless, let's move on to Philly. You were talking about how Philly fans are angry. So they're at 12. They got the 2022 20, second or first round pick of the Miami Dolphins. Probably going to have the first round pick of the Indianapolis Colts if all goes well with Carson Wentz. So looking at three first round picks next year. So they're banking on Jalen Hurts, right? That's what's happening. I don't even know if they're if they're saying they're banking on Jalen Hurts. I think that they realized they weren't going to get one of the top quarterbacks at six, even if they were thinking about it. Um, and they said, here's an opportunity to build for the future. We'll see what we have in Hurts. We'll roll with them this year. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. We'll have three first-round picks next year. I actually don't hate it as much as people would say it for Philly. Like, it's not – obviously, if you're ranking them, I would put them third unless – San Fran takes Mac Jones. Then I'm, but regardless, like I would rank them third. But I don't hate it. Well, they have I mean, three like, first round picks next year. Yes, they do. And obviously, <laughs> when you have three players playing, somebody has to be in third. So that's not necessarily exactly. an insult. I mean, exactly. I think all three teams did some good work. They yeah. all did things that they thought were best for their team. Absolutely. Philadelphia is just a weird fan organization. There, this oh, is the team yeah. that booed Donovan McNabb. I they, hate it. You know, greatest quarterback like, in their franchise history. So this is this is something. But I'm just curious. Do you think? For at least right now, they're evaluating Hurts, and they're going to go with him, and he's going to be the guy, more likely than not. Do you think that this is not so much a vote of confidence for him, where like he, if he struggles next year, are they trying to package some of those picks to go up and get a quarterback? What, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, I truly think that they're saying, Hurts, show us something this year, and then we'll continue to build around you. But if you don't, we have the ammunition to take whoever we want next year. Okay. You know what I mean? If they want to, now it's a thin drafted quarterback right now but there are always guys that come out i mean this time last year we weren't talking about mac jones as a first round pick yeah this time two years ago we weren't talking about joe burrow as a first round pick i mean there are guys that it always happens every year there are guys that come out of nowhere that we say okay no these are these are players uh so right now it doesn't look that way but this time next year there's going to be two or three guys where we're all like these are first round quarterbacks yeah for sure so I really, truly don't hate where they are. They're going to say, you know, we saw some things from Hertz last year that were very good. Um, obviously, completion percentage wasn't that great, and he struggled near the end of the season. But, like, Philly probably would have won that last – I mean, I thought this was a really fascinating thing. So, uh, with the trade, there, there, there's a what-if that happened week 17, right? So, if the Eagles won week 17 over Washington and keep Carson Wentz. They have the ninth overall pick in this draft and one first in 2022. Instead, they switched to Nate Sudfeld and lost, right? They got pick number six, traded Carson Wentz, traded six to Miami, and now they have 12 and perhaps three next year. So basically, instead of keeping Carson and uh, possibly winning that game week 17 and having just like one pick the next couple of years, they pull him and put Sudfeld in, which obviously w- w- there was an uproar about. Yeah. You, include, you included. <laughs> I um, 
<laughs> but they end up with 12 this year and possibly three first rounds next year. So, you know, it, nobody likes to, to look at it in a positive light. Not especially during when it was happening on Sunday Night Football, and right. even even Al Michaels is like, "What is going on?" <laughs> uh, but it looks to have worked out pretty well for them. Yeah, and obviously, this this goes for all thirty two front offices, general managers. They have to hit on the picks, right? As a whole, I really like Howie Roseman in in Philadelphia. And but the thing is, they've struggled. We yeah. we're always talking about the wide receivers there. They passed up two years ago on DK. To draft Jalen Rager, who obviously was struggling, right? Was that two years ago, Jalen yes. Rager? Yes. Last year, they passed up on Justin well, Jefferson. He, well, he took Jalen Rager last year. Okay, who was yeah. the one? Oh, they J.J. Arthega-Whiteside. Yeah, they, they took drafted him. him over DK. Yes. Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. So Philadelphia has these things in their face like, wow, like we— miss out on these guys for these guys that haven't even produced or played. And there's so a, I get it. Like, and there's a thing to be said though. Roseman obviously does have a nice track record, but uh, and so in 2013 they drafted Lane Johnson and Zach Ertz, both who turned into Pro Bowl players. Right. Since then, they have only one player that's made a Pro Bowl since then that they've drafted, and it was Carson Wentz. The one year that he made it, okay, when he got injured. So like. He has not been great in the last yeah. six to seven years in terms of his draft. And so he's going to have the capital the next couple of years. But you got to hit these players. Right. you got to hit on them. You're talking about Arthago Whiteside, who's an afterthought. He's like the fourth or fifth receiver on their team. May not even make the roster next year. And Rager flashed some big playability last year, but was injured for most of the year on and off. So durability is a question with that when he obviously could have had. There were three or four great rookie wide receivers last year that he could have taken. Uh, I mean, look at even a fourth-round pick. Gabe Davis from Buffalo was better than than that pick was. So, you know, it is really a crapshoot sometimes in their draft. But Philly's at a turning point here. Obviously, they just ran their quarterback and coach out of the town. And obviously, Wentz wasn't the starter for the Super Bowl. But that coach and quarterback got them a Super Bowl. And all of a sudden, they're both run out of town. And it's... Nick Sirianni and Harry Roseman. Can you do it with Jalen Hurts or whoever you take next year? I just I don't I don't love the direction Philly's going because I didn't agree with the jet setting everybody off thing. But okay. what, what, with that being said, that happened. I do like what they're doing, setting themselves up for their future from this moment, not from a couple months ago. Okay. But from where we are right now, I don't hate what they're doing. So that was obviously kind of highlighting some of the different areas of the shakeup that happened last week. You're kind of hinting, or not? Maybe you're not hinting, but we're hearing rumors that maybe the Jets don't pick it two, maybe Atlanta doesn't pick it four. Yeah. Do you think we see more moves before the draft? Do we think we see those happen on draft night, or do you think those I mean, two teams are picking where they're respectively picking? I actually, I actually thought we would see a lot more draft trades, and we might. You, you know, we never know. You never know. Um, I don't know if we'll see any more in the top 10. Maybe we see one move to two or four. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe we see one more or four. I, I, I think that <laughs> I think that, that I, I, I would put the likelihood of that at like 20%. Okay. But in the in the teens and the late 20s, we see pick trades all the time. Sure. Especially in the last couple of years. So I think we'll see a handful of trades there. But I don't think we're going to – I really, truly don't think we'll see another trade in the top 10. So you're pretty positive that New York's at two. Yeah, I think – Yeah, I think, and again, Carolina's at eight. there are thing, things that I wouldn't do. Uh, you know what I mean? If I'm Carolina, <laughs> uh, I need a quarterback bad. Um, did you know – so uh, last year, 10 teams lost the turnover battle uh, in four or fewer games. Okay? All 10 of those won at least 10 games except for the Carolina or, – or, or except for the – Oh shoot! Wait, I'm reading this wrong. I thought this said Panthers. It says Patriots. <laughs> this is also no, but this is also a good point to make for the Patriots who might need a quarterback, except for the Patriots. So, ten teams lost the turnover battle in only four or fewer games. So there were only there were four or less games that the Patriots lost the turnover battle, and so all those team those ten teams had ten or more wins, except for the Patriots. They only had seven. So in the last seven years, 51 other teams have lost a turnover battle, and those, only four of those 51 had a losing record. So, like, there are teams like the Patriots and the Panthers that need a quarterback, 
that should move up, but they, they probably can't. Well, I mean, even Kraft did come out today and say that they need to get their quarterback situation figured out. Right, because even, you know, I mean, we know Cam, as much as I love Cam Newton, Cam Newton's not going to play for the next five, six years as a starting quarterback. He's just not. Um, and I believe in the guy. I actually believe that if he plays this year, he'll actually have a much better season this year than he did last year for them. Um, but that being said, obviously we know it's not, he's not their quarterback of the future and Jarrett Stidham's not the quarterback of the future. So obviously they need to get a guy, but you have teams like that and teams like Carolina, who I started at this point with, who are both like ready to win now rosters, in my opinion, like have talent all over the field and just need to lock in that, the signal caller. So, so, so there could be a move. I just, now with the moves that have been made and with it pretty much going, you know, Lawrence, Wilson, and then, you know, Fields or Jones, um, I just don't know if a team is going to be like, you know what, let's give up the farm for the fourth best quarterback in the draft. Unless somebody is like, Trey Lance is our number one quarterback. I mean, that was, Buffalo said, you know, Josh Allen was our number one quarterback and everybody thought we were getting the fourth or fifth best one. Yeah. And they said that, that so so who's to say what the board looks like? But Or what any of these guys will pan out to be. Correct. In the so, so we'll see what happens, but I just, I don't know. It's always fun. <laughs> it's my favorite time of the year, everybody. All right, let's move on to a couple other things as we start winding down. I don't think we're going to go our full usual run time, but we'll get a... Get something in here for you. So we're talking about the draft. Let's shift over to players that have been playing professional football. There are still some big names in the free agent market that you were highlighting earlier. We haven't gotten any of those names. We're looking at the same list here. And uh, there are still some really big names out there on the market. So we have from the quarterbacks, there's Alex Smith, who came back after the the horrific injury and was the comeback player of the year last year. He was not re-signed by Washington, obviously. Mm-hmm. So he's out on the market. I think he's the biggest name at quarterback that I can think of. I mean, there's Nick Mullins out there, and I'm kind of actually surprised that somebody's not kicking the tires on him. He is a guy that obviously has been a backup for the 49ers, but has played a lot and, and shown some promise Yeah, in he's there. played decently, for sure. But no one's kicking, kicking the tires on that, at least as of yet. Running back James Conner. That's a big one that Todd I'm surprised. I, I know that he's been injured, but I'm surprised that nobody's been like, Let's kick the tires on James Conner. You know, running back is just a real weird market. I mean, I think all five names that are in front of me right now are pretty. I mean, Adrian Peterson's obviously old, but he has. But just all been these players, teams. Yeah, all these players can produce for somebody. Uh, Duke Johnson got released from the Texans after they went out and got Philip Lindsay. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, obviously, who knows what's going to happen there. I mean, this is crazy too, though, because James Conner's twenty-five and Tom Gurley is twenty-six. Obviously, Todd Gurley is a whole thing, but both of this shows like injuries ruining running backs' careers, really. Yeah, and it sucks. Like if they were in any other position, they would have been signed already to like a three-year contract. But it's it's running back, and people don't like running backs. It's really, <laughs> really, really interesting. Wide receiver is the top name on this list. Is a guy that I know you don't want to go anywhere, and that is Just one Larry Fitzgerald. Larry. Is he gonna finally? Is he gonna get that? That record, bud? I really want him after, to come back. I know but... we were talking about it last time on the podcast, but with the A.J. Green signing, I just don't know. Does The A.J. Green signing definitely hurt. I know. I don't see him going anywhere else. I know that Kingsbury said, look, if Larry wants to play football for the Cardinals, Larry's going to play football for the Cardinals. That's his decision. You know what I mean? He ne- he didn't say, like, oh, you know, we're going to do what's best for the team or the best things are going to play. He he basically just said, like, if Larry wants to go out there and run rounds and catch passes, he's going to do it. So As it's really up to him. Should. So, But the A.J. Green signing is, I don't want to say damning, but it is a little bit, you know, for us, Larry Fitzgerald truthers is a little bit concerning. Well, I... I don't know. I mean, would you rather see him come back this year and really not do a whole lot? Because you're talking about A.J. Green. They still have Christian Kirk. They have a lot of guys there. So is Larry, at his advanced age, really going to get out there? Larry Larry still has value. He still has value, but I don't. I think he might catch 50 balls. I think, and I think that that is worth it. Okay. It, especially, like, like, especially now with Larry's, the, the way his game is now, 
most of his catches are for first downs on big important downs and i mean i keep i point this out as often as i can because one of my favorite things about him we saw last year like late in games he was the one that was like i'm picking the ball up and i'm running it to the to the person who's going to down or like place the ball to go in the hurry up offense so like there's just that level of savvy and intelligence that Larry is so great at and he's such a leader and I mean like they should have made the playoffs last year you know what I mean they lose to to a couple of losing record teams late in the season last year could have been 10 11 wins and made it instead of the Bears but didn't so I just I would love to see him run it back one more time maybe they make a little bit of a playoff run next year Uh, obviously like I don't I don't see him getting that Super Bowl that eluded him when he should have had the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl and Ugh. just didn't happen. But I, you know, it's hard to watch players that you've loved. And, you know, Larry Fitzgerald was very young when I first started loving to watch football. So he's always been one of my favorite players. And it's just, it's always sad when they leave. I mean, we even talked about Drew Brees when Drew Brees retired, one of our favorite players. So it's always sad when you see these things happen. But... I still think that there is a role for him on this team where he could actually help them and it be less of an honorarium. Okay. We'll certainly have to see what happens with that because I, I think it's either Arizona or he's done. I don't think he, he's not I, going, I would agree. He's not putting on another uniform. No, I would agree. So obviously there are tight ends out there on the market. Uh, there's also offensive linemen, but I think getting to the next big set of names, we get to – Edge rushers. There's Jadivian Clowney, Melvin Ingram, Justin Houston, Olivier Vernon, Alden Smith, who came on real strong last year with the Cowboys, especially the start of the year. There's What's, some really big ticket names there. I, I, I want to know what your thoughts on this because my thoughts are this is more on the players and the teams because these teams, these are good players. Teams want them. Buffalo would sign three of them if they would all sign the right deal. So to me, it seems like it's them wanting more money and them not being able to get it right now. But I, I would like to hear your thoughts. You know, I. I I don't know. I think we saw this last year with Clowney. We saw him wait until longer into the offseason to try to get a, a bigger contract. But I don't know if that's hard. I mean, like, obviously these are aging guys. I think I, I'm pretty positive Clowney's the youngest one on that list. It's like 28, I think. And that's not super young for an NFL player, obviously, especially at that position. But, you know, I think... And, and nothing against Clowney or anything, but, like, there are some, like, pros pros, like Justin Houston, Ryan Kerrigan. I think, like, they've kind of made their money. And so I don't know if they're holding out for an astronomically larger number than they're being offered. I, I don't know. He is, he is 28. Clowney. Yeah. I know. I think almost everyone else on the list other than Vernon is at least 30, I think. Yeah, I think so. So um, I don't know. I'm really fascinated about that. Um, there are other guys, especially as we get to the the back end. Richard Sherman's a guy that we I uh, think he talked could, about before. I definitely think he has value to a team. Richard, yeah. There's Brashad Breland, uh, Casey Hayward out of L.A. He really turned his career on for the better once he signed there a handful of years ago. And then young players, Malik Hooker was a former first round pick who has. I'm surprised that he hasn't injury. found a spot. He's still out there. So let's let's put it this. So give me a guy on offense and a guy on defense that because ninety percent of these guys are gonna find jobs somewhere. They're too good to not. You know what I mean? Uh, including the running backs, like Le'Veon Bell will be on a team. James Conner will be on a team. Those guys will sign with teams. Give me one guy on offense and one guy on defense out of these lists that you think will be the most impactful next year. Oh, man, the most impactful. Well, I think it's pretty hard to argue right now against Antonio Brown. Okay. Obviously, it's a player that we've okay, had yeah. differing opinions on, up and For down sure. fluctuation. But For sure. he's showed that when he was on the field with Tampa, he made an impact. He made yeah, plays he in, the Super, in the Super Bowl. Bowl. <laughs> and so I'm actually surprised with all the re-signings that Tampa did that they didn't bring him back. I'm surprised by that. He's so probably the odd man out. I think he can make an impact somewhere. 
Um, the player actually, I was kind of hoping you were asking like the one that I was most excited about. Okay, yeah, because the one I'm actually most excited about is Cordero Patterson. He's still out there. He's not Chicago. I love Cordero, and I think what he can do, he can line up every which way. I know you just destroyed me on Matt (laughs) with him. He can run a lot of fun in the backfield as a great returner. Can be a great returner. Can line up out wide. I think he's going to make an impact wherever he goes. And I'm honestly surprised that a player like him is still out there. Yeah, that's fair. I. It's gonna be I mean, a team. Right. It's they, gonna be a team that needs help on to, special teams. They're going to make it. I think. I think. But you know, I'm just, I'm just surprised. And I guess if I were to say somebody on defense, I'd probably say Casey Hayward has been getting up there in age, but I still think he can be extremely valuable in the slot. I think he is a a ball hawk that can do a lot of good things. I also really like Hooker. You know, I think I do too. Has the first round pedigree. I definitely do. And he's he's battled with some injuries, but when he's been out there, he's been really productive. And I'm surprised he's still out on the street. Me too, especially a young player. So that would be mine if I were to go with some guys. I would go with AB as probably the most productive. The one I'm most excited about is Patterson. And then I would say either Hayward or Hooker. I think all those guys will find a job somewhere just to going to depend on where and what their role will end up being you know um yeah i mean i i think Jadavian Clowney is becoming underrated like i think we overrated him for a while near his end of the time with houston like he's a great player he truly is i think we may have overrated him a little bit because some people were like this dude is nuts and obviously he was the first pick so but at this point, I think we're undervaluing how disruptive Jadavian Clowney could be. He still was last year, and people weren't realizing it because, I mean, obviously he got injured. So he well, I think that's what's scaring him off. Like, is, but like, is I, what he's going to bring outweigh? I just, you know, I mean, even when he was in Seattle two years ago, he made that defense a lot better. I would do 100 consecutive backflips if Buffalo would sign him to a one, <laughs> one year deal because that's the kind of player that we need. But All right, everybody, you so heard it here. Jadavion Clowney, we're going to put that on our Instagram live. But I could do it on a, I, but I'm doing it on a trampoline. Backflips, no. I, hey, I didn't say I couldn't. <laughs> um, but if I had to pick a player on defense, I think Richard Sherman's going to be on a team that makes the Final Four next year. All right. I think that he's going to sign with a team that makes it to the to the, uh, the title game. He still has that kind of ability. I mean, he, he was lobbying for himself and posted all of his like advanced metrics. We're all still like top ten, some top five. Uh, like he's still a player. Even I think he's like thirty three now. Even at that age, he's still an, a very great player. And this type of leadership and knowledge that he would bring to a secondary. I think is also invaluable. So Well, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, yep. and I haven't heard anything against the contrary. But I think the team that has been most linked with him thus far has been the Saints, who have been in yeah, cap I hell. Mean, right, they don't and really so have any Are any they kind of waiting until that kind of like can get worked out to get him in there? I don't know. Yeah, a lot of these teams might just be waiting until the players say this. That's what I think is happening. I think all these teams are interested in these players, but they're like, we don't have the money for you, and so they're like, this is our offer. Come back to us when you're ready to accept it. I just think a lot of the players are holding out hope that people will cave and give them more money, but I don't think the teams are going to cave. I think they're going to be like, you're going to come to us for a one-year deal in August when you don't have a job. I mean, a lot of it also is going to depend on what happens later this upcoming month with the draft seed. Yeah, what, that's another what positions thing. positions are still yeah. there and, and whatnot if a team like doesn't get the player doesn't, that they want. If somebody needs an edge rusher and the edge rusher doesn't follow them on the board where they feel the value, right. then that's they're going to bring in a veteran guy. No, that's a great point. That's so. I think we're pretty much – I don't want to say we're done with free agency for now, but I don't expect any big moves until after the draft now. Yeah. I'd be surprised if Clowney is signed before the draft. I would also be pretty surprised by that. You know what's a free agent that we got right? How about that Kenny Galladay? We, we, it we was the next off. day. We signed off. We're like, Giants need to go get him. And it was they, like they did. almost immediately after yeah, that. I was so – and I'm uh, like people really nailed New, Eng- or New England, New York for that because they're like, you need offensive line. I was like, yeah, well, that doesn't mean you just neglect the other positions. Like I know that you have Slayton and I know that you have – I feel why I'm missing it. There's Shepard. Yeah. Both very good players. But like – now you add Galladay, so you have those two guys, and when Evan Ingram catches the ball, he's a very good tight end. Uh, and then if Barkley stays healthy, this is a, like I right. I, they're picking a ten. Let's not forget I, that they're 
we're talking about things inside the top right. 10. They're at 10, so they can I, get definitely a lineman of great They could probably get Slater there. at 10 if they have the other tackle in the draft other than Sewell. I will be – and then there's also Elijah Vera Tucker is a very good in-line in blocker. Um, uh, Dare Saw is like one of my favorite tackles. I am edging guys. closer and closer to, to this being my my darling team for the NFC East. Like, you know how I, I am on Washington, but nobody repeats in this division. Dallas still doesn't have a defense as much as we we're excited about Dan Quinn and his defensive scheme. Definitely, uh, Keanu Neal. De- Keanu Neal, his scheme definitely fitting that personnel much better. They will be better. Dak being back, of course, but I am getting closer and closer. I, <laughs> you don't really want to put all your hopes and dreams in Danny, <laughs> Danny Fumbles, but... I'm getting closer and closer to wanting That's to take this team. That's a Madden reference, everybody. Yeah. So well, I, I mean, he fumbles a lot in real life, too. But yeah, but it's Danny Dimes. I'm just saying Don't that. Don't him. He's going to be great this for the Giants. Team, this team will be very, and the very good. And Madden. <laughs> Regardless. How did, what did I say the other day? Like, what was the last time such a mediocre player of, of late? We don't know what his career will turn out to be, but he's pretty much been an average mediocre player had such a cool nickname <laughs> like i can't remember another player I, I that like nfl wide was known by a name that was way cooler than they actually played all right that's fair like even matty ice is like he for a long time he was matty ice obviously he hasn't been that much lately it's matty wheels but yeah that's our nickname for him um was that the original one or was it teddy I don't know. We started when we watched oh, fo- when knows. we watched football. There was a player. I think it was it was one of the two. It was either Matt Ryan or Teddy Bridgewater, and they made a move. I think it was Teddy. And we were like, "Oh yeah, Teddy Wheels, Matty Wheels." And now we say that for everybody who like everybody that ever very runs. clearly does not have wheels. <laughs> Anybody. <laughs> All right. Do you have anything else on the docket? No, man. I uh, I just want to say on the record that the Jets take Zach Wilson as a mistake. Uh, if you know, I don't think it is the 49ers take Mac Jones' mistake and Buffalo needs to get Gregory Rousseau. That's not gonna happen. No, it's not gonna happen. He won't last that long. Actually, what I am thinking about though is how I mean, obviously, who's your number two corner again? Corner, corner. I haven't ranked my corners yet, no, but I'm I like JC Horn. Oh, right now it's Levi Wallace. He's Levi Wallace, there. he got re signed. He so it's been a one year deal that we have been trying to replace Levi Wallace for three straight years, and for three straight years he wins the job back. Like I love Levi Wallace; he's just the kind of guy that's like I'm going to do my job and nothing else. So I know you just said you haven't ranked your corners, and that's fine. But I'm really fascinated about Caleb Farley, who's going to fall. Who because, is going to fall yeah. because of the the back injury and the surgery? And as I, soon as I think that, he's going to be fine. Yeah. I think he's going to be a fine player. And I as think soon as that came out, he's been corners. mocked to us a lot. Yes. Yeah. So how do you feel about that? I mean, I love it. Like I, I, I love the position that we're in. That we really like. Bean does such a great job of. You know, maybe we didn't get top tier A plus guys, but we got guys that are serviceable at the position. I would definitely say he's an A plus player. Who? Barley. Yes. No, 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 no. I'm not no, talking about No, I know, him. but I'm just saying, yes, like, if that I did agree. happen, that'd I agree. be great. I agree. But I'm saying that, like, in free agency, he does a great job the last couple of years is, I'm going to fill these holes so that when we are on the clock, we aren't forced to overdraft a player that because we need that position. Okay. So right now, any position's on the board. The only position that they're not going to take is quarterback because of Allen, but, like, at 30, we could we could take anybody, and he will take anybody. He will take he will either take the guy that's the highest valued on his board at 30, or if he doesn't have anybody valued that high by the time they get to 30, he'll trade back. Do you think that they will take a punter? Yes. No. <laughs> you said they'd take anybody out. Uh, we stole a punter from our division rival, so your we best player. Got a better, better one anyways. Did you really? Yeah. I don't know who you got. We did. Who? Michael Pilardi. No idea who that the is. Carolina Panthers. He was He's their punter. Clearly not a good punter if I don't know his name. Did a better job. Maybe not being a trick play guy. I was going to say, I'm sorry. Maybe He's not gonna a trick play guy. Th- but say, Matt Hawk's going to throw touchdowns for us. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really like the punter that we had, but I. I, th- I th- <laughs> no, I, I obviously, I really like Matt Hawk. Matt Hawk. Yeah, so. I mean, I was kind of shocked because I thought we would just resign Bork as. Um, but, you know. Here Bean's all about 
that know? chess game. Highmark. Hallmark. It's Highmark, but it's, it's not Highmark. It's Ralph Wilson. It's Hallmark. Hallmark, Hallmark Stadium. Stadium, where memories are made. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, you know, I said a couple times on the air already thus far in this hour. I'll say it again. It's my favorite time of the year. We got our mock draft coming up here real soon. It's That'll one of my favorite things that we do, and then we keep the list and see how we do during our live broadcast of the draft. So, That'll be you know, fun. It is less than a month away. So I'm we did pretty excited. well last year, actually. I'm quite excited. Well, bud, anything else to say to our great listeners out there? No, that's it. Uh, congratulations again to Nicole Lossie for winning our uh, raffle, if you will. What? Winning our contest. Uh, I did reach out to her on our Instagram uh, just before the episode to remind her. Yeah, Nicole, uh, get on it. We're hopeful to do. I'm hoping that or we can go to the second place player, which was me. So. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, we can do a, another giveaway heading into the season to kind of kick that off. But uh, that, I think that wraps up season four, episode two. What? what? Of Simultaneous Catch. All right, everybody. Yeah. Well, you keep uh, being safe out there, keep being awesome. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. God bless.